Hi, this is Catherine Mary Stewart from The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, and Weekend at Bernie's. And you are listening to Retro Life for You. Good morning, Retro Life for You! Everybody, I might see that the uh, scene looks a little different today. I got the top bunk, and our usual host, Mr. Chris Adams, uh, he's on the bottom bunk. I guess that's why we can't see him. But uh, we, yeah, we got a special shot. Ah, uh, uh, there he is. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, as we can usually get. Uh, a little hint of what's coming up from Chris's background. We got a special, special show today that I personally requested um, to to just celebrate the life and times of Robin Williams, focusing on the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Great actor, great comedian. great actor, great comedian. Like cheers, Robin. Cheers, Robin. Absolutely. There's no alcohol in my cup tonight. That's all y'all know. I was going to say, there's no peach drink in this cup like he had last time. <laughs> there's no peach drink in mine tonight either. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just naturally goofy. Yeah. No, we were, uh, yeah, we got to talk about it and just, man, Robin Williams, dude. Amazing. I forgot, I guess means more, a little, I guess he's a little more influential on me than, than you, Christopher. I, I did like a lot of Robin Williams stuff. However, his comedy was hilarious for me growing up. I told you one of the funniest comedy bits I've ever heard in my life was mm-hmm. him talking about the creation of golf. Uh, yes, and and who it was Which, that could who who in the right mind could come up with a game <laughs> as crazy and silly as golf. I knock a I knock a ball into a goofer hole. That's pretty much the only part we can tell you of that joke too. So for those of you that don't he's not know, lying. he's not lying. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Robin Williams is a very different stand-up comedian than he, what you see on TV. Yes, he is. I oh, mean, wow. he, uh, if you look at the, up the word vulgar and you you see the definition, uh, mm-hmm. his is vulgar with a capital V-U-L. Yeah, yeah. And him I mean, and Richard Pryor was like, uh, they were the hot one. Him, Richard, and um, uh, I said his name earlier, Mr. Conductor, for all you Thomas the Tank Engine fans, George Carlin. Were, and I don't think George was as bad as those two were. Not as bad as far as the curse vulgarity, goes, but uh, but he had some very touchy subjects for sure. He was he very was more. So. I, I think you say Carlin was more political than he was. Very much so. Very much so. We're not talking about Carlin today. We're talking about Robin Williams. And this is the, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show. One of the reasons this was so special to me is uh, I was telling Chris earlier today that. Robin Williams is legit the only I, I said first, but he's actually the only like star or, or famous person, you know, that I didn't know personally or anything like that, that when he when he passed, it actually affected me. It had an effect on me. Like I was legit sad. I, I felt some kind of way about it. You know, what I mean, I, I felt the I felt the loss in the world. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, real, real special cat, man. I grew up with him and. um everything like so he was so prolific through throughout his entire life not just career just i mean his entire life he was doing all kinds of stuff he has if you were to go to imdb and look up his acting credits alone this and it's just his acting credits that's not talking about his stand-up and all of the spots that he did on tv and you know stuff like that he's got over 109 acting credits so i mean that's like from 1977 up until the year he died, the man was working. Which let us go ahead and, and let everybody know that um, he was born Robin McLaurin Williams on a Saturday, July 21st in 1951 in Chicago. Uh, Great grandson of Mississippi Governor and Senator Anselm J. McLaurin, and his mother Lori McLaurin was a former model from Mississippi. His dad was a Ford Motor Company. In- executive from indiana sorry i couldn't get that one out <laughs> but uh yeah so in if you go back through and watch any of his documentaries or anything like that you know you'll learn all kinds of stuff about the way he grew up and you know he hit he was just crazy the whole time uh, when he was on stage or, or on set or anything it's like talking to or 
interviews, just any time. He was just always on. And that's one of the things I keep yeah. hearing about him. He's just, there's Not no stop. switch. Yeah. If you ever watch him on a late night talk show, he can't sit still. Mm-mm. He would he would get up and stand up. He'd sit back down. He'd stand up. He'd sit back down. He's always just moving around. and always. You know, he, he, couldn't, yeah. he couldn't be still by any means whatsoever. And he was always, it, it was like he lived to make people laugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, uh, when, when in preparing for the show, those 109 acting credits that I was telling y'all about, 68 of those was before the year 2000. So the majority of what he did was from 77 to 2000. He did, oh gosh, he got started in the, on the Richard Pryor show. Um, he did a TV series, Enough is Enough, um, a TV movie, and then he got on Laugh-In as a regular for a couple of years. Um, Happy Days, The Birth of Mork from Ork. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> nanu, nanu. <laughs> yeah. That, and uh, then, then Mork and Mindy came out right after Pie Pie. He did Popeye the movie, and then Mark and Mindy came out. Oh, Mark and Mindy was out during that. That was seventy-eight to eighty-two. I don't know why I just said that. That's 70, I thought he, I thought he did Mark and Mindy before he did Popeye. Yeah, he did. He started Mark and Mindy right after Happy Days. He, the character was so yeah. popular on Happy Days that he got the Mark and Mindy right. uh, in seventy-eight, and then that ran until nineteen eighty-two. Popeye you, came out the year I was born. Can you imagine? anybody else trying to play that role of Popeye in the movie he was in. Oh my God. I mean, the, the job they did on him to make him look like he looked, he already had the, the impression. <laughs> down pat. He was so perfect. He, he, he's a good impressionist too. Right. Uh, I'm not saying he does a lot of different voices or anything. Mind you. No, he was no, a, not he was Robin. Pretty, pretty, good, pretty good impressionist. You might say. I mean, right. Yeah. You know I, I the, might say, do you know one of the funniest things I ever heard him do as an impression? What's that? Elmer Fudd singing "Light My Fire." Or it's it not. It's not "Light My Fire." It's, it's no. It's just "Fire" by Bruce. Fire. Springsteen. Yeah, fire. Come a little closer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. For you don't like it. <laughs> we were playing as kids over and over and over and laugh every time. Right. It was hilarious. It's, and and Shelly Duvall as um, Olive Oil. Oh, my God. That's, that, that was more believable than Popeye. Wow. For real. Wasn't she What wasn't she uh, The Shining? Wasn't she the wife in The Shining, too? I believe. I want, I want to say so, but I can't I, I can't swear to it. That's been Pretty a really sure long time since I've watched that. Heck, yeah. So then he did, um, he did a movie that I'm going back to watch this week because I uh, I've never seen it in my life, and neither is Chris of the world according to Garp. I don't even know what it's about. I don't even know what it's about, dude. Guilty. (laughs) It could be the greatest movie he ever did, or could be his rhinestone. It could be his rhinestone. I don't think he has a rhinestone. I'm going to say I don't think he has a rhinestone. I'm going to get that in on every movie episode we ever do about anybody. Yeah, all of all of them out there have a rhinestone somewhere. I, but I challenge you to find his rhinestone. It might be Garth. Maybe it was his very first uh, one. Uh, can I do it till I need glasses? Now, I be. don't know what that movie's about, but uh, I me mean, either. That uh, I would say that that title's a little racy. <laughs> um, possibly misleading, even. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it, so many movies. I mean, if we were to sit here and name Elf every single movie. Let's hit some high spots. So, uh, I think coming up, probably one of your favorites. I believe we discussed in 1987. That would be one of his bigger movies. After I did, I have seen The Survivors. Now, I'm pretty sure that's got Walter Matthau in it. Um, Grumpy Old Men. Y'all know Grumpy uh, Old Men. It does. It has Walter man. Matthau. It's got yeah. So it's got Walter Matthau and Robin Williams in it. It's been a long time since I saw it, but those were that was a funny one. But anyway, we got Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, see, that's one of the uh, that's one of the first big movies I remember him being in that I watched. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched Popeye as a kid, obviously. Right, right. But I mean, I mean, as far as you know, other than that, and as know, far as him having, like you said, like a big movie, and of course he was playing um, Adrian Cronauer. This was based on a real person who yeah. really was in Vietnam, and he said Good Morning Vietnam and all that. Uh, 
is so funny too because that's one of his best movies and there's a not a whole lot of it we can quote either <laughs> unfortunately no we can talk about him we can say his name and what he did but you know what i loved in that movie though oh that movie also had a uh, forrest whitaker um yes it did i see that's going off my brain who is the one that played bobby ba or twan or what was his name what was his name i don't remember yeah, well, we are about to find out it was the little dude that owned the bar. I think it was twelve. Oh, well, that was the kid, right? The kid that ends up disappointing him in the end, or something like that. No, 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 no. That no? was the one that was this. That that was the little brother of the little girl. He, yeah, he was the one that was yelling at him. Uh, he was involved in that bombing. Okay, I'm talking well, about the one that again? was Bobby Bobby, best be in Vietnam. You know, the one that was looking for the Walter Cronkite pictures or whatever. <laughs> he said. He said it's not no, looking no, good. I'll, was it Jimmy Waugh? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, Jimmy Waugh, but it didn't have a picture of the person here, so I can't tell for sure. It's got a name, uh, Cuba Wind, Cuba in the Wind. Yeah, okay. So that's him. So we got to know that guy because y'all, that guy, he's only on screen for a few minutes in that movie, but he's hilarious. He's uh, the- Noble Willingham is in there. Danny Aiello. Heck yeah. Because uh, he says – they're talking about the beer. He said, Bobby Bobbia, best beer in Vietnam. And uh, Forrest Whitaker said, Bobby Bobbia, only beer in Vietnam. <laughs> they said, Where do you get that flavor? He's like, For my dehyde. <laughs> uh, there's somebody here named uh, as Tuan, T U A N. Yeah, Tuan, I think, was the, the girl that was riding the bicycle's little brother. I think Tuan was okay, the one. Okay, so Tom T. Tran is his name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the kid that was he was kind of involved with uh, his sister a little bit. And then Robert, he was, Twan was involved in the bombing or whatever. They got Robert Wall, who's been in several other movies throughout the years. He's kind of one of them uh, character kind of people though. You see him in a lot yeah. of movies, but nothing major of his own. Right, right, right. And this movie had a budget of 13 million and it grossed 123,299,000. So I think it was a little bit of a success. I would say so. Yeah. Now, we missed, uh, you missed maybe uh, as far as his earlier movies, you said, mm-hmm. uh, but the first one you mentioned, I'm looking at here also, we forgot about Moscow and the Hudson. That Moscow little, and the Hudson. That got him yeah. a little notoriety at the time, 84. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moscow. And, yes. Okay. I remember that one. I See, now this one, this one I watched like as on TV, but it would have been on TV in the 80s. So I was really young and i have not gone back and watched this yeah so this one i don't know too much about uh i would say it was a mild success it grow it budgeted at 13 million and grossed 25 million so that's almost that what that's double your money almost almost yeah. double the money so i mean that's yeah. a, it's a mild success i would say but uh during this time too he's doing stand-ups now too he did uh off the wall live at the roxy in um 1978 so, which was hilarious, and in '83 he did an even an evening with Robin Williams, and I believe uh, you see we were on '87 for Good Morning Vietnam. So yeah, in 1986 it was uh, live at the Met, and I think okay. the Met was the one that everybody remembers. That's the one we was talking about. The baseball player was like, "Yeah, I did cocaine. It's a long game, Jack." <laughs> He's <laughs> got a white line running down to the to the, all the way to home plate. Third base coach doing this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. I mean, the man never stopped working. It seemed like when you look no. at his credits on uh, IMDb, looking at his credits and everything. I mean, on top of his stand-ups, you know, he's got movies in between every year practically. Yeah, he yeah. Stayed, he stayed busy a lot. I mean, back from when he first came around. Like you mentioned earlier on his TV area when he was in uh, the Richard Pryor show and mm-hmm. Aids Enough and Laughing and Happy Days, Out of the Blue, Popeye, Mork and Mindy. It's like the man never stopped. Fairy Tale Theater, SCTV. He was um, doing something like every year, man. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's got something going on all the time. 80, like, if you grow, yeah, when we scroll through here, we're talking 1977, three projects. 1978, three pro- four projects. If you, yeah, four projects. 1979, 1980, uh, the, all of 78 through 82, he had uh, Mork and Mindy going on while he was doing the other stuff. Uh, one, two, three, four projects in um, 
82. Yeah, because you, you had the Mark and Mindy Laverne and Shirley and Fawn's Hour. That was a TV series. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Uh, I remember learning, I remember all of them, but I don't remember that hour. Then the Survivors in 83, 19, two, two projects in 84, three in 86. Like, we're counting them up. 85. He took 85 off. Wow. So, 85. So, I mean, everybody deserves a vacation, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, he was probably working. These are release dates. So he was probably still shooting during 85. That is a very good point. Because <laughs> so I mean, he had, not only was he, he doing three movies doing come out. TV documentaries. He's doing voiceover things, it looks he's doing like. Interviews. He's, did sound, he's done soundtracks, uh, writing his stand ups and stuff. Like just insane, busy, yeah. man. 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. I guess. It just, yeah, never ending, man. And the fact that we grew up with him too, you know, seeing him in those different lights and stuff. And then, you know, on the kids shows, uh, one of the things that I remembered him on, um, of course, the early stuff too, but one of the things that I remember loving as a kid, uh, he was the bat on um, uh, Fern Gully. Yeah, that was really cool to see him there. Um, Awakenings, he played... uh, him and I believe Robert De Niro were in. I believe Robert De Niro was in this movie. Maybe. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. I'm right. Okay. So I uh, believe De Niro was uh, a patient that had, um, I, I think he wasn't like in a coma. He was in some kind of, I, I forget what was exactly wrong with him. But anyway, um, Robin Williams was playing a doctor and they kind of, spiritually and mentally connected he uh woke up or whatever great movie great movie um dude i mean you can go on and on and on back to neverland that was a little short that he did with uh about back to neverland was that what was it about was that was that a peter uh, a peter pan deal or is that um yeah i don't i don't know of it it's a short it's a that's the reason why it's just a little short thing that he did I think it was in, uh, let's see, this, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was him and Walter Cronkite. I guess that can't stem from his Walter Cronkite uh, impression from the movie we talked about earlier we can't quote. <laughs> the weather for today is <laughs> basically as hotter than a snake's butt in a wagon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, he did him on a, he took him on a Disneyland tour. And uh, they run through the process of Disney's hand-drawn back then as animation and uh, visit. It made they kind of put Robin in with the Peter Pan stuff. That's kind of where the the, the movie for Pan idea probably got started because he was. I was, was, was going to mention that. Isn't that kind of funny because he did Hooked later. So yeah, I don't know why I said Pan. I meant Hook. And that's actually another uh, that I liked of he did. I, I, I'd completely forgotten about. Hook was awesome, dude. Rufio, yeah. Rufio. And see, y'all, this is what we're talking about too. When when I when I, when I came on earlier and said that we were doing a celebration of the life and time, life and times, I know we're just kind of all over rolling through the movies here. But it's not. It's when we went into this, we said that we weren't just going to be talking about movies or our top tens or you know any one thing in particular. We're just talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Williams, and, you know, celebrating him and being thankful for him and kind of throwing it out there too. For those of us that forget how prolific this man was, he was yes. mind blowing everywhere all the time. Uh, so prolific. In fact, uh, another little piece of uh, information, uh, according to Yahoo finance, Robin Williams lifetime box office earnings is 3.51 billion dollars billion and and well i mean is this any surprise as busy as he stayed though i know right I mean, yeah that's crazy i'm, I'm sure that's not real. what he ended up uh having toward the end there i mean i'm sure he probably that wasn't his net worth that's what he made all the whole time right that was his box office sales now this yeah. is box office that's not that, that's just the movies. That's not talking about right. everything else that he did either. That, that yeah, that's not his money. television series, the stand-up comedies. The, right. Yeah. yeah. And then I think in the list, he was like 43. There's a lot of stars that have, but I mean, inflation and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, because yeah. he did kind of slow down there toward the end of his years, you know. But uh, like you were talking about Hook. Hook was huge. 
Yeah. Um, Cadillac Man, I think, did really well. Uh, I didn't Cadillac watch it. Me had its spots, you know. I mean, it was, it, was funny. Yeah. it was funny in spots, but to be not entertaining in spots, too, though. Right, right. That's what I was about to say. It's one that I wasn't really crazy about. Um, I don't have the budget, but it grossed $27 million. Um, like I said, I don't have the budget info on that one, but I guess it, I, I guess it did all right because I mean people saw it, and I don't even I don't as far as Cadillac Man goes, any floats, yeah. Joey O'Brien, Joey O'Brien. Oh, and then we had uh, <laughs> he was in Shakes the Clown with Bobcat Goldwaith. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw Shakes the Clown. Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, but not enough to really talk about it a lot. Right. You talk about a box office, all right, for um, Cadillac Man. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really state what it was that. No, it doesn't show what it cost to make it. It just shows what it grossed worldwide, which was twenty-seven million six hundred twenty-seven thousand. Right. Hour and thirty-seven minutes long opening weekend, six million seven hundred twelve thousand. Heck yeah! And you know, a lot of people too just. To skip forward to a particular movie just for a half a second, not to talk about it, but a lot of people I remember when it came out, uh, I remember a lot of people saying that Good You Will Hunting kind of threw them off because they were like, this is Robin Williams's first serious acting role. And I'm like, "Are you? have you watched this man's film? <laughs> like, have you, have you seen this dude's work? You know, because while he was in some other semi-serious roles, and I would, I would venture to say that, uh, Moscow on the Hudson was fairly, was it fairly serious? I, I don't think it was a huge comedy. Yeah, from, it was from, kind of from, a, from memory. I mean, you know, right. And then I would say Seize the Day, which was a TV movie, wasn't wasn't a very funny movie. It was kind of serious, but uh, he did a voice um, on the TV TV movie documentary Dear America: Letters Home from Vietnam. Nah. So for me, the first like. Very, very serious bit of acting that, that he did where the comedy was really kept to a minimum and it was really, really deep, really, really heavy. And you got to see him really, I don't know, man, go outside of what you're used to seeing him be. And that was Dead Poet Society where he played yeah. John Keating, which was another true based on another true story. John Keating was a real teacher and uh, the Dead Poet Society was a real group of boys that um came back together and learned to suck the marrow from the bone of life <laughs> to carpe diem to seize the day and this movie i've said it before this movie had a huge impact on me I, i've talked about this movie so much i won't spend a bunch of time on it right now but just um amazing 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 movie especially for you people that like uh that like deep stories like that or you know uh real dramatic type movies uh go watch it it's it's pretty good it's, it's, it is really good it's my favorite uh it's my favorite movie of his period so i would say it's better than pretty good <laughs> so i mean it, you would rate it more as a, as a drama than anything right 100 100 so, i mean if anybody into a good drama would enjoy the movie uh, yeah. he can he, he can put on some serious acting chops he's not just comedy right you know, but he's great at comedy and he did that again in the fisher king in 1991 you yeah, know, the, the Fisher King was a really good one. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't. A, he was a suicidal uh, radio DJ, I believe. Something. I mean, he's he's not like you know, when we say he's very. I don't know what the word is here. Um, he, he's he's able to pull off so many different types of of of, of acting that you're not just privy to the one thing plenty, right. of fun, plenty of fun comedies out there but the fact right. that he can do the drama and do it well and still be funny when it comes time to be funny it's not like watching uh the one-liners from the action films when you've seen you know arnold and stallone and the people you know stick around or uh let some steam out bennett or anything <laughs> like that you know it's not like you right. know, i think you see arnold try to be you know he's all serious and actioning he's killing people but then he tries mm -hmm. to be funny 
or something. I mean, yeah, and then it's awkward. awkward. Or sometimes it works like in twins, but <laughs> right, right. I mean, he had a couple of good ones, but for, for the most part, when he tried a, a comedic bit, it's always awkward with Stallone because he has no right. whatsoever. Don't seem like. <laughs> so, but you, when you come with someone like like Robin Williams, he's he's everywhere, everywhere, and amazing, everything good. And he doesn't get enough, in my opinion, he doesn't get enough credit for that too, because we mm -hmm. always think of him as the funny man. Yeah. And uh, the Fisher King, um, Jeff Bridges was the the dude. The dude was the radio DJ in it, and um, Robin was the homeless guy. The Fisher King, he was the homeless guy. It kind of helped. He kind of helped Jeff Bridges kind of find his way back to, you know, wanting to live. I guess you'd say. And then, yeah. So, yeah, man. And then. I mean, Jesus, dude, it's all over, over. Oh, he was Aladdin too. He was, uh, he was the genie in Aladdin. Not long him. after, uh, not long after Fern Gully and Hook that we talked about, and Toys. Toys was a weird little movie that was good. Uh, Spinal Tap reunion, Miss Doubtfire. Love Miss Doubtfire. Miss Doubtfire. Hello. Hello. Such a by fruiting. It trips me out too that there are enough people, enough time has gone by, whether we like it or not. There are hundreds, thousands even, of people who have not seen Mr. Doubtfire. Like, you remember when I came out? That was on everybody. Everybody. Everybody was talking about Mr. Doubtfire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody, everybody wants a, a, a sequel to it. And, yeah. You know, wanted a sequel to it, I should wanted say. Wanted one, mean. yeah. Yeah, because um, you can't do that. You can't follow him. No, no, no. It wouldn't be right to try to put somebody else in that place at all. Right. This movie, y'all, this movie had a budget of uh, $25 million, which is, that's a pretty hefty budget. Yeah. But at 20, $25 million, but this thing grossed $441 million plus. It's quite a bit of dough. That's <laughs> quite a bit of dough. <laughs> I would call that a mild success as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh yeah that's that's crazy and and everything it, that movie he was good at that part too where you know we're talking about the comedy and the seriousness and the drama all this movie he mel he he uh, melded it all together. Uh, and the comedy bit obviously is him being Mr. Doubtfire. Uh, yes, but, and, but when you see him around his kids in the movie, mm -hmm. you see uh, I don't want to say it was all dramatic and everything, but it wasn't all comedy either with his kids. And when you see him in front of the courtroom, in front of the judge, that's when you, you really like his little speech hits you in the feels a little bit when he talks about right. his kids. And, you know, Robin has got a way of conveying emotion without speaking too. like his, his, his expression and the look in his eyes. And, you know, that's something about hollow people, man. Um, I, th I feel like, One of the reasons I'm so close to Robin, or I felt so close to Robin Williams, I identify with him so much is because, you know, as I'm not shy to talk about it, you know, I'm a, I'm a grateful recovering addict. Um, I'm, I'm a goofball. I grew up as a class clown. I do all the voices. He was, I guess you would say without him, me saying that that was my idol coming up, you know, I said, I looked up to Arnold and all these people, but truly Robin Williams would truly be one of the people that I think that, you know, shaping my life, I guess, and, and who I am. I mean, he's, he really would have the ideals that I saw him talk about behind the scenes and, you know, all this and that, and the, the struggles that we saw him go through and, and publicly, you know, with his addiction and things like that and coming back and still love being full of love and full of happiness. It really, really spoke to me on a personal level through my life. So, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe Maybe you looked up to like Arnold or something in his movies and all the action and stuff, but right. you were more like Robin Williams as a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I say that thing of that. That's why I say that homo, that comment about hollow people, because, you know, I, I, I am one. <laughs> it, it's uh it's one of those things to where, you know, just to not, not to get too serious on the show for a minute, but you know, it's one of those things to where, um, you know, sometimes you, you, nothing's ever enough. There, there's something inside of you that nothing's just, nothing is ever enough. Nothing makes you, even when you're happy, you're not happy. Even when you're surrounded by people, you still feel lonely. It's just one of those, it's just something in you, man. I, mm -hmm. And I call it hollow. It's just a hollow piece that nothing feels. 
And um, like I said, man, we can spot those people a mile away. And I feel like that people like that have a real true gift for conveying that out to you. And Robin really could do that. Like you were talking about when he was standing on the steps, man. And in many other movies, uh, What Dreams May Come comes to mind. That It's a really psychedelic trip of a movie, but the story behind it and, you know what I'm saying? Like when you pay attention, it's a, it's a deep. It's a real, real deep movie. He's going to, he got I me mean, goes, he dies and goes to heaven. What his family does, you know, he sees his, he sees his kids. He even sees the dog. Well, mm-hmm. his wife died in, in a deep depression, a depressive state. So she went to hell. So he goes to hell to get her back. And dude, this movie is visually stunning. The, the story is amazing. And we're not, we're jumping around. I'm not just following this thing here. I don't even Oh no, we're all over the board for sure. Yeah, we're all we're over the board. What? You? Well, we can't go in order with Robin. We gotta be well, crazy no. like he is. Well, that's um, why we said we're not trying to just. Yeah, we ain't even trying, man. We just talking and having a good time and hoping that uh, everybody else does too. Um, but yeah, what dreams may come was a 1998 movie. So, right there toward the end of uh, of our genres of our of our niche. Uh, it budgeted at eighty five thousand, and sadly, that's an estimated budget. Sadly, it grossed fifty five or eighty five thousand, eighty five million, and it grossed fifty five million worldwide. So that was a loss. And it, I no. guess if you were to say this would be his rhinestone, if it was you, maybe. I I don't want to say it's a rhinestone exactly, just because it made less money. I mean, was it a bad yeah. movie? I mean. No. The his rhinestone would be the worst movie he ever made. Yeah, and I can't where, think where, where he was bad in it himself. Oh yeah, you there's not I mean? that, that movie doesn't exist. So <laughs> I mean, it's like because I told you, I told you right where this all started was was our very first episode was Stallone and his yep. movie and his movie Rhinestone. I thought it was the worst movie he could have ever made. He was not right. a comedian. He was a tough guy. He was a action kind of guy. You don't throw some one liners at him. It's fine. But don't try to make him a comedian. Please don't make him try to sing country music again. That was just awful. So, how about Flubber? Then, Maybe Flubber is his rhinestone. Flubber might qualify. I didn't watch Flubber. I didn't want to watch Flubber. It looked kind of stupid. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. A little, was it a little animation with some live action mixed in or something? Or it was live action with a little animation mixed in. It wasn't really animation. It was CGI, really. Yeah, the little the little flubber things he created. Yeah, like sweet, like remember yeah. the blob? Remember the old blob movie? It was like a sweet blob. <laughs> you know, I never watched the original blob. I saw the blob remake with Kevin Dillon in it, and that's the mm-hmm. first time I'd seen the blob. Oh wow! I mean, it's not Robin Williams, I know, but still, yeah. It's um, you know, it, it it was it was a good movie too. Yeah. I liked it. Then uh, Jumanji, uh, yeah, The Rock is remade. Uh, how did I forget Jumanji is one of Jumanji my favorite Robin Williams. Went, All right, is it okay if I amend what I made, what I said earlier? So I'm gonna make <laughs> you're going to make changes. I made changes from earlier because now we got Good Morning Vietnam. We got Ms. Doubtfire. We got Popeye. We've got uh, 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 Jumanji. And yeah. I know I am once again leaving one out from earlier that we were talking about. Now i got to scroll back Probably. down and find it again. Oh, Jumanji. Hook. 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 Yep. You know, Jumanji like was another smash. That's sixty-five million budget, two hundred and sixty-two million plus. But it was a it was zone. a nice concept to a movie, though. If you think about it, you're playing this game. It was and so it's cool. like the game comes to life around you. It's like a. I can you yeah. imagine if you're playing like I don't know, can you playing a real life Monopoly game? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you are rolling a dice or something, and. And, and you say, okay, I'm going to buy that road right over there with all them houses already on it. Right. And, you know, it spun off some movies, too. That uh, What was that movie? Zathura? And there's a what? movie, I believe, called Zathura. Was that a, a spinoff of the movie? Or did it play it was a, It was a ripoff of the movie. <laughs> it wasn't a ripoff because it was in space. It was in space. It was different. But, no, I mean, like, it gave birth to those. It didn't, it didn't spin them off. It gave birth to them, I, th- I, I think, without a doubt. Uh, did you happen to see Robin Williams on American Idol? I did not. Oh, as a uh, judge. Uh, it says that uh, we have American Idol TV series, Idol Gives Back in 2008. He stars in there as Ivan Bob Popinoff, the Russian Idol. 
Oh no, I don't remember that. I don't know. I need to see that now. That's gonna be good. <laughs> Ivan Popinoff. He got. Oh, you know what? You know what? As much as everybody loved him, he caught some flack. He caught some flack for one movie. I remember. You know, he kissed Nathan Lane on the lips in the movie Birdcage. I that was Birdcage, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. sir. That's where him and Nathan Lane were homosexual uh, domestic partners. Had Gene Hackman, Diane West. And so what the movie was about for him. Oh, and Hank Azaria. Like, look, that man is so overlooked. Hank Azaria is great. He's been in all kinds of stuff. Like, that dude Do you does know where people know Hank Azaria the most from? Uh, no. The Simpsons. Godzilla. Oh, yeah, dude. He does like a million voices. He does at least two voices on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is the guy that runs the 7-Eleven store. A poo. And then he plays uh, possibly the guy at the bar. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, I know he does He does Moe and Chief Wiggum, too. Oh, there you go. Moe's the guy at the bar. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. 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 And Wiggum. Welcome to the Quickie Mart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hank is awesome. But the birdcage, so so now what flipped me out about this is the man had done been on all these other shows. He'd done been on SNL by now a couple of times. He'd done been on Whose Line. Well, yeah, Whose Line was, I don't know if Whose Line was out there. Robin Williams? Yeah, he was on Whose Line, I know a lot, but I'm saying back then. Yeah. But anyway, um, by this time, this man has done kissed quite a few people in the face on stage and on film. But we only had a problem with it when it was in a movie that he was portraying a homosexual. So, but us real true Robin Williams fans, we didn't care. And then most of the people who did sit down and watch the movie got over that real quick. Seemed like that I knew anyway. But I remember that being a thing. Like they were like, what? Robin Williams actually kissed a man? Like, <laughs> oh, he's done he, it before. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he did it like 20 years too soon or something. I don't know. It could have been. But be that's more, a great movie, too. His son. Be more widely accepted today than he would have been years ago. Yeah. And the movie's hilarious. It really is. And uh, isn't it? his son's getting married, I believe. And he's they're planning the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a really funny movie. Uh, didn't he do. Uh, I might be wrong. Was he in Two Wong Fu also? Uncredited. Uncredited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, he did that. Uh, he was in he was in Jack. He was in uh, Flubber, as we talked about. Uh, Hamlet. He played Ostrich in Hamlet in, in the Hamlet movie. I mean, uh, is that the one that had? Um, 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 no, it's not the one I'm thinking of. This was Kenneth Branagh as Hamlet, uh, but Kate hey, Winslet played Ophelia. Oh, Ophelia. Yeah, you can't you know, forget also uh, the Museum. Yes, he played Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy. Every time I think of Teddy Roosevelt, look, people, y'all need to go watch the Epic Rap Battles of History. <laughs> <laughs> well, Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All, those, all those were hilarious. Man. <laughs> Give him a big, yeah, I, I can't repeat it. It's too bad. But yeah, he's like give a uh, suckle. <laughs> yes. So funny. Hey, uh, Good Will Hunting, we did down. Yeah, does that that was more of a, you know, one of your movies? I didn't really care for Good Will Hunting. Uh, I never watched Dead Poet Society because when I watch Robin Williams, I, I I'm particular this way. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to watch. I I don't want to watch Steven Seagal if I want to see a comedy. I want to watch Steven Seagal go out there and break somebody's arm in a movie and flip him around and mm -hmm. do his little forearm clothesline thing he does, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to watch Robin Williams be funny. Okay. I, I respect mean, that. I can respect that. But I mean, like, that's, not know, to say, that's not to say that he made bad movies or anything. You're going to watch Denzel for your, uh, you watch, you watch Denzel for your drama? Uh, I've seen quite a few good Denzel movies that were dramas. John Q was good. Oh, yeah. A movie about the train with him and Chris Pratt, I think it was. Mm. Was it Chris oh, Pratt? No, uh, Chris train. Pine. Chris Pine. Him and Chris Pine on a train. Denzel and Chris he, Pine um, on a train. They're train conductors. In the, it's, it's like a runaway train. It's going to crash through something. And oh, that's a something. subway. It's a subway train, isn't it? No. No. I don't think so. Oh, you gonna make me? Regular, oh, you gonna look it up now? It's a regular. Yeah, thing. in Robin Williams fashion, we just gonna jump off over here, squirrel. Squirrel. 
Yeah, because you know Chris Pine has a new movie out on uh, Netflix right now that just came out this year. That I was thinking about watching. Well, it's the one that played. It's it's the one that played the young, uh, the young James T. Kirk. Yeah, that's Chris Pine. That's Chris Pine. That's him then. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's in the two thousands. Sometimes in the two thousands. Oh, oh, that's way back. Hang on, let me go back here. Uh, y'all hang with us just for a second. I know what, but now we got, we got to figure this out because now it's going to drive me crazy. We're having technical right. difficulties right. with Travis. Travis, Travis goes in and out of roboto form, as you can hear just then. Did I do it again? You did, but now you're back. I can't understand what's going on with my. Tell with my you, you, got, you got some lag in your connection somewhere. I think it's got to be. I don't know. I don't see this. I'm. I don't see it. We'll figure it out later. We're talking about. I'll tell you what. You talk about yeah. some Robin Williams. You talk about some Robin Williams. I'm, I was gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about Patch Adams. We were riding through. Okay, so for those of y'all that don't know, Patch Adams was a doctor. Uh, this is another movie that he did that was based on a real person. So Patch Adams was, was a medical doctor that believed that laughter healed, happiness heals, um, and he fought the system on this and. He was showing people, he was showing the system, he was showing everyone, the patients and everyone, that it really does work. One of the quotes from it, and I believe it is a real Hunter Patch Adams quote that they repeated in the movie. He said, if you treat a disease, you win, you lose. You treat a person, I guarantee you win every time, no matter the outcome. And that's what the I got cold chills, bull. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what the movie was about. And um, it's a hilarious movie. It's a sometimes gut wrenching movie. He's like I said there again. He's got that way about him. But we were going through the, we were driving through the mountains this weekend, and my son was talking about uh, how laughter is medicine. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. It is. It is healing. And I started telling him about the Patch Adams movie. <laughs> so. I was like, yeah, there's actually a doctor you need to look up and blah, blah, blah. So, and he went on to do some funny stuff. His mama laughed. He's like, see, his mother's just had surgery. Tasha just had surgery in her. And this isn't going to relate properly, I don't think, but her right shoulder. Does that relate? Because everything's backwards in the camera. Well, I mean, you're pointing to your right shoulder. If you know it's your right shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was when we go trying to do our right and left yes. looking at each other, that's when we get messed up. Right. I'm like, you're right here on mm-hmm. no wait, you're over here. <laughs> yeah. You're right so, there. Yeah, you're way over there. So anyway, you're, look, you're to my right. Yeah. Technically on screen, you're on my left. On my left. Yes. So his mom started laughing. He's like, Look, I healed mom. So we all thought that was funny. Uh, not only this, he produced movies too. Yes. Jacob the Liar, he produced. I think I was telling you about this one beforehand, or were we were talking this before the show or during the show. After. <laughs> I don't know. Jacob the Liar. Jacob the Liar was a good one. Uh, it's kind of, it was set in World War II. And uh, he was basically running around just lying to the whole community. Um, <laughs> about the allied forces making advancements and stuff like that toward the good, you know, they're going to come save us and stuff. He was, he was spreading hope and love, but it turned out to be not so good. It, there's a twist and turns in the movie. He produced Miss Doubtfire and he produced a uh, comic relief. So he's producing comic right. relief. How do we forget Stand comic up. relief, man? Comic relief, him and Billy Crystal and. Oh my uh, gosh. Who was the, uh, there was three of them, wasn't it? Robin Williams, Billy Crystal. Mm. I can't think of them. I thought it it was three. I can't remember. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. That movie while ago was unstoppable, by the way. Um, I got you. Just so you know. But anyway, yeah, that was a great thing also. Whenever they had comic comic relief, that was that was yes. definitely a fun thing. And him and Billy Crystal were like best friends too, like in the comic <laughs> world, I guess you'd say. They uh, Billy spoke at his funeral and all. Billy Crystal is another one that I have talked about doing a, an episode on. 
because he did a lot for me as a comedian too. Not as oh, a comedian, like I'm a comedian. He <laughs> like he did a lot for me in my career. <laughs> That's Billy, non-existent. Billy Crystal was marvelous. He was marvelous, absolutely marvelous. Uh, yeah, Billy was amazing. I just watched, uh, rewatched one of his old movies the other day. It was City Slickers. I love City Slickers. City Slickers is an awesome movie. Yes. Okay. Hey, we got, we got some other it. Hey, that one thing. That one thing. That one thing. In case you didn't know, says that one thing. It's that one thing. Y'all got to go find out that one thing. Y'all got to watch the movie, so uh, we can't tell you what that one thing is. You just got to go watch the movie. <laughs> it's this. That's it, yeah. <laughs> it's this. What, your finger? Oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, that's almost got... No, it don't. We like If I just sat here and named off the list, I still got tons to go to get y'all to 2000. Bicentennial Man, that was a weird one. I liked it. It was, uh, he was... A robot in it. He was an android in it. Uh, he yeah. played Hugo Kingsley in the LA Doctors TV series. Uh, one Saturday morning, Disney Math Quest with Aladdin. We did Good Will Hunting, Deconstructing Harry. And you know what? Since we're doing his show too, look, y'all remember? Uh, y'all remember all this other stuff from just outside our genre? We're gonna go. I'm gonna go just outside of our time frame for this. One movie, just one movie I'm going outside of our time frame for, and that is One Hour Photo. Okay. One Hour Photo was amazing. Y'all need to watch. Y'all should watch every Robin Williams movie that you can get your hands on, but I'm here to tell you, One Hour, one hour Photo, if you want to see Robin Williams in a different role than what you know him from, even if you know funny and you know serious, you don't know creepy. <laughs> <laughs> And one hour photo is creepy. And somehow he makes you, he plays, so he plays a bad guy in it. He's like a, he's a stalker. And what happens is he works the one hour photo at the local outlet store, uh, not outlet, but uh, like a Sam's club or a Costco, you know, right? the wholesale store. So he starts keeping these photos, man. And like he's hanging them on his wall at the house, like creating a family that he don't have because he's just an old, lonely, crazy man. He ends up like, y'all just go watch the movie. I'm trying to tell you, you're going to be like, what in the world is this? Like, how is Robert Williams so creepy? And then somehow he managed to make you feel sorry for him. Like, he's, he's a creepy stalker murderer that makes you feel sorry for him. Inadvertently, too. There's like, they don't mean for this to happen in the movie, but me and about six other people that I talked to about this were like, yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. I kind of felt sorry for him. <laughs> like, he just wanted to he's love a bit, he's a bit <laughs> creepy and he stalks people. But yeah. I feel bad for the man. I feel bad for him. He just wanted to love on him some a little Elmira action. I want to hug you and love you and squeeze you forever and ever. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, we're getting close up to the, to the end of the show, but I mean, to give y'all a couple more little quotes from Robin, man. It's uh, one of my favorites was, you're only given a little spark of madness. You mustn't lose it. And he, he says, uh, no matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world. And it's true, man. I teach my kid work. My kids' words matter, you know. Uh, one of the other ones that I love from him is, you know what music is? It's God's little reminder that there's something else besides us in this universe. Harmonic connection between all living things everywhere even the stars. And, and, you know, he's, he's said, I could go get quotes from Robin Williams that mean something to fill an entire, I could write a book with them, but I've been trying to find this. I was telling Chris about this earlier. I've been trying to find, there's a very end part of one of his stand-up routines. And I went back and watched every one of these and I can't find it. I don't know how I found this. Maybe it was from the two, 2012, uh, parallel universe i come from <laughs> but there's a at the end of during or at the end of one of his stand-ups he does a bit where he talks about basically he's doing the boy's voice and everything he's in baseball playing catch with the little boy and just kind of explaining to him life man and it's one of the most poignant things that you've ever heard from a comedian and and 
it's gripping at the end of it because it's, it's, you know, the little boy, the way he tells, I wish I could repeat it, man, because it's like he goes through, he tells him about life and then he tells him, you know, about us dying one day and this and that. And the little boy looks up and holds his hand and he said, I'm scared, daddy. And he said, you don't have to be scared, son. And uh, <laughs> he said, well, how's it going to work out? And he said, well, I don't know, son. Lots of crap shoot. And then then the end of it right after that just makes you you're in tears at this point. At the, and then right at the end of it, the last thing the little boy says makes you bust up and with laughter again. And everything's like hilarious and funny again. So good. I wish I could repeat it. But uh, thank you. I, I take it there's a few words that aren't very family like or something then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The little boy says uh, he says some good words. Like the whole conversation, the whole conversation is is just so poignant and and so loving and, and it's a little funny here and there. Then the little boy's like, yep. and it's just screw it, basically. <laughs> in, in typical Robin fashion, you know. To to go back to what we were talking to you earlier again, also I said I can't believe we forgot comic relief. Mm-hmm. It, it was Whoopi Goldberg was the third person. Okay, yeah. You know, back when she was funny. Yeah, back when she was funny, when she was doing the movie with Ted Danson. The, uh, back when she was, you know, jumping Jack Flash and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That during that time frame when she was actually. Yeah, funny. those three were a big deal too. They were like they were huge. Or not At the time frame, together. they were probably the three biggest comics doing. Yeah. Still. Yeah, and they hung out together. Like they were actually really, really good friends too. Like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yep. I remember uh, Mr. Billy Crystal talking about that, too. Did you see the episode of Friends that Billy Crystal and Robin Williams were on? I believe I did, but it's been so long they, ago. The cast of Friends had no idea this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They walk into the area where they're supposed to sit down, and I think sitting there... They were the sitting couch, on the couch, yes, and then they started and were, arguing, didn't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're arguing yes. all the way out the door as they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. You can, see, you can see the cast of friends just looking. And they're all just amazement. like gobstopped. Did, did that <laughs> happened? What? Right. Yeah. They're all just gobstopped by it. Yes, I do remember that. That was amazing. That yeah, was great. And you never know when they're able to do something like that. It's, it's well, they were they were in the studio next to it that day, and they wanted to come in and see friends. What it was right. Like. Yeah. So they asked the they asked of the, the friends was a phenomenal the right. They they asked yeah. the writers and the producers, you know, do you think we could we could go in and be an extra and sit in the cafe? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, you do whatever you want to do. That's right. We're just gonna roll the camera. And they we're, went in and ad libbed that whole little scene too. They ad libbed everything, and they said, we're just gonna roll the camera. And it's gonna be gold. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. It was. That yeah. was the other thing too. Robin Williams and, and, and anybody you ask that is in the business, uh, that has worked with him, or that is a fan or anything, or, or that knows about improv, Robin Williams is the god of improv. Like there is no other that can come close to him. I, you know, I've heard over and over and over that you know you just you just grab onto his coattail and try to hold on and. You know, yeah, it's and, and to see amazing. him doing, although it's it's, it's outside of our two uh, out of us outside of our time frame, to see him doing whose line is it anyway? Yeah, uh, he did so much funny stuff in that show. Oh my gosh, him and Colin Mockery, yes, were hilarious together. Don't you? If y'all ain't never seen whose line is it anyway, y'all need to go watch that. They're doing new episodes on HBO Go too, by the way. Um, what was your favorite version of that show? I know it's off topic and everything, but did you like it better? Drew Drew Carey hosted? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Carey was the funniest. I've seen the British version. I've seen Drew Carey's, and I've seen the new one with what's-her-name on it. And uh, Drew Carey's definitely the funniest one. Yeah. The British one was okay, but I think, I think well, they're all funny, but, yeah, it it don't touch Drew Carey. No. The one Drew Carey hosted on it sometimes got in on the skits. You had Drew Carey and Wayne Brady. Right. And Drew's hilarious, too. A lot of people forget the fact, too, that Drew Carey was absolutely, he was a maniac Mm -hmm. until he started hosting, until he took Bob Barker's microphone. (laughs) The price was wrong after all. The price was wrong, Bob. But yeah, outside of our time frame as well, 
um, his last stand up, Weapons of Self Destruction. Go watch it. It's hilarious. His funniest stand up in my mind of all time is live on Broadway. That's the one that has the golf yeah. jokes on it and a slew of other stuff. And like I said, yeah. there's, there's hardly a joke. I, don't, I can't think of a joke that we can repeat. <laughs> like, yeah. and you will laugh. No, probably not. You will laugh at every bit of it. Probably not. And, and, and just to get this in before we end up having to go, because I know we're getting close time. Yeah. We're getting a lot closer time than earlier, but I mean, uh, for someone who could make somebody laugh as much as he did to be in much pain mentally as he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, you know, end up, you know, the way things ended up and everything. I mean, it's like, um, I, we talked about this, um, with other people, I'm sure. And I don't know if you and I talked about it before or not. I know me and Ray's talked about it. You're you know, your cousin, Chili Ray. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before, but you know, you see somebody who, is always trying to nonstop make people laugh. You wonder to yourself sometimes now, are they miserable at home or something? Yeah. Because that's the first thing you think of now since Robin Williams brought this to everybody's attention of every talk show he went on, he would not show any kind of weakness of any kind of being uh, down the dumps or upset or whatever. He was always just uh, going a million miles a second, making people laugh, doing impressions and hand gestures and whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and, you know, with Robin, um, going back to what I was talking about earlier too, with all the years of him in and out of drug addiction and, you know, three wives and the things that he went through in his personal life and, um, depression and, you know, it, it all comes along with it too. And, and he couldn't have been ADD at all, <laughs> ADHD, but, um, he was actually, uh, you know, when he died, we were told that he killed himself out of depression and this and that. And come to find out, um, if nobody knows about it, you need to go watch uh, Robin's Wish. His wife at the time, uh, which, where she's still his wife now, you know what I mean? Like he, she was his wife then, his third wife. Um, excuse me. She, uh, I don't have her name here. I don't have her name. But anyway, she did this she made this happen with through uh, uh, the director that helped her and some other friends that helped to tell Robin's story about Louis body dementia. So Robin was misdiagnosed with Parkinson's. Now y'all heard that part, I'm sure. And y'all heard that, you know, he killed himself because of depression, but that's not what happened. What happened is he had this something called Louis body dementia and Louis body dementia is, uh, it's sort of like parking, uh, sort of like, um, Alzheimer's, but what it is, is a protein. It, well, because Alzheimer's is, I guess, a form of dementia. It's a protein that uh, inside your brain cells and it triggers about 15% of dementia cases. And, you know, it is not, it, it doesn't happen a lot. It's, it's just a small percentage of the population that does get this. And 15% of all, 15% of the dementia cases that that abnormal accumulation of protein inside the brain cause is not always the Lewy body dementia. It could lead to another thing, mm-hmm. but, but you know, it, there's accounts of him telling people like, you know, I don't feel like me anymore. Um, I, I, I'm having paranoia that I can't control. And, you know, and he was clean. He was, he was drug free. He was sober. So, and, and that's why, you know, I feel like when we go back through his messages, he was unaware that he had Louis de body dementia. Like they didn't even know he had this stuff, you know? So he's fighting all these other things that he's advocating for and about. And I feel like if, had he known he would have advocated for mental health. And and I thought that's something that we should all look out for one another and, and push and and, uh, show in a more positive light than what's shown now. You know, people don't want to go talk to a shrink. They don't want to go, you know, they don't want to have a problem that they need to go get help with. You know, my wife is a counselor, is a licensed professional counselor uh, with her all the way up to master's degree. And, you know, with me going through uh, the things that I've been through, inpatient, outpatient recovery programs and this and that, and, you know, anger management and all the things that I've been through, I would like to invite people to look at this as a tool. It's a toolbox, right? So, so if I'm a machinist and CNC machinist, you can't come in and do what I do 
unless you have the set of tools that I have. You're going to have to go to my toolbox and get something out of it to do my job with. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're a carpenter, I need something out of you. I need something out of your bag. So healthcare professionals, uh, especially as far as mental wellness is concerned, have a set of tools that if you listen to them, I'm not saying all the time, you know, you got to find one that you get along with and you like, just there's levels to everything. So anyway, they, they've got a set of tools that you need that you can't, you don't have, you don't, you don't have them. You can't fix yourself, especially if you don't know anything's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So if you're having those feelings that the world's out to get you, or you can't figure this out, or you can't never catch a break, or, you know, uh, no one understands. And this, these, all this stuff that you may be going through, it's not necessarily clinical depression. It's not necessarily being uh, having Louis body dementia, or, you know, it, it could be some kind of just other little chemical imbalance. There's, there's so many things that can happen within your body and within your brain. You know what I'm saying? So let Robin, let Robin especially be uh, an example and a, and a beacon to toward mental health and toward seeking help out, you know, to for anything that might be going on in your life, even if you're depressed, you know, because it can get to a point to where if it get, if it gets to a point to where, you know, your, your, your mind can make your body do things. So if you can get to a point to where if you get into a habit and into a, a rut of doing certain things, your mind, your body's going to start creating these different chemicals and this and that. Maybe you start eating out of control or, you know what I mean? Addictions are more than drugs, baby. Anything can be an addiction. So, right. You know, just, yeah, seek it out, seek it out and, and laugh as much as possible. I'm sorry I went on that little tirade there about it, but I mean, I, you know, I, I think it had to be said. That's a good thing to get out there. People should know these things. Yeah, it's, mental health is a it's a big issue in our country. Mental health and emotional health too. You need to you need to learn emotional health as well. I learned a lot that, in um, uh, that your emotional health goes right hand in hand with your mental health. You know, and then that that affects your physical health. Mm-hmm. But you know, I it took me a long time coming out when I was coming out of addiction. And, you know, uh, getting my chemicals straightened out in my head that I had anger issues real bad. And then once I once I evolved, I guess you would say, and, and learned more about me and more. And I, and I started using that toolbox that those people helped me gain. Um, I learned that most of the time when I'm angry, it's because I'm hurt or upset about something. I got my feelings hurt or I didn't have an expectation met. So pain, pain came in and made the anger. And this is, I say that for a reason to go into, I don't want to run too long over our time here, preaching on this kind of thing, especially, but um, there's a whole philosophy. If y'all, if y'all want to talk to me about this, hit me up uh, personally and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. But there's a whole philosophy that I have that runs, that revolves around pain because I believe that pain is the only emotion it's real. It's the only one that we feel that's real because pain is the only feeling that you can have mentally, physically, and emotionally. You can't feel happy physically. You feel good physically, but you don't feel happy physically. You can't feel scared physically. You feel like kind of frozen or paralyzed, but your body doesn't feel scared, but your body can feel pain, <laughs> right? Your body I'm not, can feel I'm pain. Not scared. <laughs> but your body can feel pain. Your emotions can your, your your brain can feel pain and your heart can feel pain, you know. So so anyway, thank you for letting me do that and thank y'all for uh, being here for it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we love I, you, Robin Williams. So it, it sounds like you were winding the show up. Yes. It sounds like to me. Yes. We well, love you, Robin being, Williams. Being I would love you, you for letting me host this show. Well, being that you Chris, are the, the host of the show, yep. the host of the show at the end of the show. I have to show you, if you want to get in touch with me to talk to me about uh, uh, some uh, other deeper stuff that doesn't pertain to this show at all, that mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to talk to you about, then you need to know how to find us on social media. This isn't my personals, but it's the shows. <laughs> you can find me there, too. So, 
Social media! You know, social media is a very important thing these days. It's the way that you keep up with us and the way that we hear from you. So if you would, take a moment and follow us. We're located at TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at our name, Retro Life For You. That's R-E-T-R-O-L-I-F-E, the number 4-Y-O-U. You can also reach us via email at RetroLifeForYou at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow and share us with your friends. And hey, while you're at it, do us a huge favor and leave us a great five-star review and a rating. It helps in ranking the podcast and, most importantly, lets us know how we're doing for you. That's it. One of a kind. Yeah, th- I had pictures pulled up throughout this whole thing. I didn't even think of showing a picture of the man. There just, hap- just happened to see this. And I was looking at those pictures. This and I thought, you know, we got to show this at the end for sure. For sure. For sure. Definitely love, one of a kind. We love you, Robin. I got a question real quick, though, while Robin's up there. Leave Robin up there for a second. Just, I'm, I'm channeling my inner Robin at the moment. Uh-huh. Okay. So, if media is information that you take in and usually our media that we take in is given to us from someone else in all media, social media. Uh, depends on how you look at it, I guess. Oh, no. that's a good one. Now you're trying to be all, Hey, how yeah. do you get Teflon to stick to a pan when nothing sticks to Teflon? Ooh. Good that's night. Like, that's like, it's just like me saying I got a ticket for parking the other day, and I didn't understand why, because the sign said fine for parking. It was fine. <laughs> Y'all ever tried mm. to nail jello to a wall? No. You, you got to be fast. <laughs>